0: Whoever is listening, however you're listening, I want to welcome you back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 12, and we are in an entirely new location. We are in Clemson, South Carolina. I have moved in in the second semester, and we're going to do things a little different. We're going to not have as many episodes frequently, but we're going to try to get content out when we can. I'm super excited to be able to have this stuff up here. It's pretty cool to have just a microphone in your dorm room. It's pretty wild. Today we're going to talk about the NFL coaching hires. I want to rank them in my list of importance, like craziness, wins, probability, all that crazy stuff. We'll just rank them one through four. That'll be Urban Meyer, Staley, Arthur Smith, and Robert Sala. We're going to do the divisional impressions. I didn't get to watch as much because some crazy stuff happened this weekend. Some personal stuff. My sister and her now fiancé got engaged. Logan and Reed, if you're watching this, Congratulations. It's been on the writing on the wall. It's been there a long time. I am super excited for you guys and it was just a great weekend moving in sister getting engaged so I didn't get to watch the games as much as I wanted to in depth but I have some impressions some things I want to talk about and then we're going to preview the conference championship games the Chiefs and the Bills and then we got the Packers and the Bucks. So for the NFL coaching hires it's been crazy. Normally I'm like if I wasn't doing this, I'd just be surfing through the social media and being like, oh, okay, this guy goes this place, this guy goes this place. Hey, Dad. Hey, McGregor. What do you think about this? Who do you think will be successful? Who do you think will be fails? But this year's a little different. we got to take a look and go in-depth. So we're going to go one through four. We're going to start with four of that being, like, my those higher than I'm most worried about. And I don't think it's going to go as well. And then we'll take a look at them next year. And C, was I correct? Excuse me. Just had a moment there. All right, so we're going to start with number four, and I think that's going to be Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. I think Atlanta went super safe on this hire. Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, I just don't feel as great about it. Normally, it kind of how coaching hires do. They stick. They're exciting. They're full of energy. And I'm just like, I don't really know. Atlanta's going too safe on this hire. There's people like Eric Bienemy for the Chiefs that I feel like would be a really great fit for this team but I guess they wanted to find someone that was a more balanced approach. He's the guy that revived Ryan Tannehill's career, gave Derrick Henry the resurgence. He's King Henry, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and back-to-back rushing titles. Mind you, be Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards this season, but Tennessee, under the, the reign of Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator, hasn't been very consistent. You've seen him have fantastic games, and then you've seen him have Some games where you're like, man, Tennessee doesn't look really like a playoff team. So I think that for Atlanta, if they can find a guy that can put a good staff around him and finish games, if Arthur Smith wants to come in there, not trying to do a culture overhaul, but just tell him, we gotta finish games. We are three or four games away. If we had just held onto this lead, we'd be competing in January. That's all they need to really do. So that's Arthur Smith at number four. For number three, I'm going to go with Brandon Staley for the Los Angeles Chargers. This one to me was also like, I didn't really know who the guy was at first, but if you look at the statistics, LA was ranked first in defense, the Chargers just need a guy like Atlanta who can preach finishing games, and you just need a guy that, under that McVay tree, he's sure to find a couple staff people, The <laughs> staff people, that's crazy, a couple staff members that can get Herbert the right offensive coordinator, and just competent coach, Anthony Lynn, in big situations and big games, he struggled with his play calling, he couldn't get his guys in the right position to win, and that would often result in blown leads, so I think Brandon Steele ranks at number three. And at number two, we're going to go with Robert Sala to the New York Jets. Even though this isn't the top hire in my mind, this is my favorite hire. I think New York hired a guy with a lot of passion and energy, and when you're in a big market like New York, you need passion and energy to drive things home, to make sure that you guys, no matter what. There's going to be some growing pains. Sale is going to be that guy that brings that passion, and he's going to bring a fantastic staff. He's going to bring the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. Maybe this benefits Darnold as a guy who's got some structure, come from a Super Bowl winning franchise. A lot of good things for the Jets going forward. They got good draft picks. They got a lot of cap. The salary cap, I mean. So there's a lot of good positives moving forward. They just need a guy with the right direction. And obviously, at number one is the Jacksonville Jaguars hiring Urban freaking Meyer. Whoa, (laughs) that's a little crazy if you think about it. I saw a lot of rumors about Urban Meyer, and I was thinking, there's no way. There's no way. Urban Meyer, he's got a great job with Fox, he's an analyst, he's done this coaching thing, he's won multiple national championships, what does he have to prove? And the NFL college transition, it hasn't been pretty for a lot of people, Nick Saban most notably, couldn't get Drew Brees on that roster, and, well, he it worked out for him. He's won seven national championships. But I think Urban Meyer, there's a lot of good things going for Jacksonville. Obviously, you have number one pick. What does that result in? Trevor Lawrence. I think that was a big selling point for Jacksonville. Like, hey, we have the pieces, Miles Jack, Kalon Chaso, DJ Chark, James Robinson. We just need a guy to put it all together. Urban Meyer could attract a lot of free agents a lot of Ohio State alums maybe they're not excited with where they are as part of their own franchise maybe they move forward like Terry McLaurin what if the Washington football team takes a stump a step downwards Urban Meyer successful in Jacksonville let him pack his bags and head down there it's a great place to live I know a guy that lives there and his dad lived there off time part time shout out to them if they're listening to this Mitchell Bishop you know who you are we need an interview sometime all right Jacksonville Jaguars, number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer. That seems like a fantastic duo to rebuild the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. So now let's, now let's shift over to the divisional round. The Rams and the Packers, this is how we're going to mix up the divisional impressions. I'm going to give three impressions for each game, go over a little bit quicker quicker than usual I didn't get to watch the divisional games as much as you saw earlier, so I just wanted to give a couple impressions when I could watch and actually take notes on it. So let's start with the Rams and the Packers. My first impression, the Rams are super limited on both sides. Jared Goff, there's not like a certain it factor to him. It seems like he's lost a lot of confidence, and the more reports come out, he was really unhappy with the way that they handled the quarterback situation before the Seattle game. He feels like he should have been the guy to play. I think that the Rams are super limited, maybe Goff can work it out, and they were just limited on defense, not in terms of skill, Aaron Donald was banged up, I don't think he played a good majority of the snaps, and when you can't get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, it leads into my second impression, which number two, the Packers are having some fun, you saw a shot of Aaron Rodgers smiling as he's looking down the defense, checking his reads, I think that's demoralizing if you're a defense, just seeing other quarterbacks smiling and popping conversations when he can. The game's so slowed down for him that's just he's having a good time. There's no pressure. There's no worry. He's going to the NFC Championship. He's hosting it. The path to the Super Bowl is in his hands. And number three, the Packers are more creative than I expected or I gave them credit for. There's a lot of motion with their offense. Matt for the floor. It's a very complicated offense. There's a lot of checks, motions, a lot of things going on at once. And if you're a defense, you got to be really disciplined to be able to pick up on all the little things that are happening. You got to be a film junkie, and hopefully Tampa Bay can see some of that stuff. Moving on to the Bills and the Ravens, my first impression, Buffalo, there are cracks in the armor. I was really high on Buffalo, my AFC favorite. I'm not going to shy away and just move away from Bills Mafia. I'm sticking with them throughout the Super Bowl run until they play Tampa Bay. My prediction at the beginning of the playoffs was Buffalo and Tampa Bay. I'm close. But Buffalo's run defense and the run game especially, it revolves all around the run. The Ravens were gashing them 10 yards, 5 yards. When they could get stops, it was really good because then they could get Lamar Jackson. He's limited. He's not able to throw those great passes like some of those quarterbacks. And their own run game, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, they only picked up 30 yards on the ground game on Saturday's matchup. That's a concern when you're trying to play a Chiefs team that scores like this rapidly. They can do it whenever they want. They can flip that switch, whether it's going to be Chad Henne or Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be crazy. Number two, Stefan Diggs elevates this team. It is absolutely insane. I just every time there's third and fourteen, he's wide open. He always is knowing how to find the cracks in the defense, the cracks in the zones. It's absolutely insane. Number three, Lamar's playoff struggles. Lamar's now one and three in his four playoff games. They're averaging 13 points a game this post uh they're averaging 13 points a game in the postseason, whereas they average thirty points per game in the regular season. There's some questions that Baltimore's gonna have to have moving forward. How do they handle their quarterback situation? It'll be very interesting to see if they extend Lamar Jackson. A lot of people were saying, hey, they won his first playoff game, they got the monkey off his back, let's see how it happens moving forward. But it did not look pretty. It looked like the same old struggles that Lamar has. Can't push the ball down the field. Maybe you get a couple receivers to elevate that receiving room. It's not one of the best in the league, and that's really key to why Lamar struggles. Let's move on to the Chiefs and the Browns. My first impression, number one, Andy Reid is one of the best play callers of all time. You can't tell me that any other coach had Chad Henne in there. And they're zipping the ball all over the place. I mean, Chad Henne, he's in and I'm watching. There's no way they're going to run this. First and ten, chuck it over down the field to Tyreek Hill. Like, why not? Andy Reid's got the biggest guts in the football league. It's insane. Fourth and one, there's no way. you got to punt that. you got to give your defense a chance. They go for it and they throw it to Tyreek Hill. There's so much creativeness. There's so many places that Andy Reid finds on the field that are going to be wide open. He is absolutely insane. It should be recognized as one of the best play callers of all time. Number two, the Browns need a pop play receiver. They need a top guy. Whether that's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. or someone else, they desperately need that big play. They keep going on these 12, 13 play drives. They can put it all together, sure, but they need that freebie every now and then to help them to elevate that offense to give them an element of surprise you can't run it to Nick Chubb, run it to Kareem Hunt, check down, check down, check down. It just formulates into something. A defense can stack the box, play five yards deep, and cover your entire playbook. Number three is the Chiefs' speed. This is like, duh, but the Chiefs are just so fast. Tyreek Hill against those Browns DBs. It looked like a varsity player going up as a JV player and football practice after school. It was absolutely insane. They're flying down the field. Even Travis Kelsey, he is faster than I give him credit for. It is, it's wow. I I don't envy those DBs trying to cover those guys. Let's move on to the Buccaneers and the Saints. My first impression is Drew Brees. He's there mentally, but he's not there physically. You can see on a lot of his throws, he had the guy, he had the right read. It's just that his body can't push that ball enough anymore. I think that it takes a really strong person mentally to be able to tell yourself, hey, I'm not all there anymore. I can't do what I used to do. A lot of props to him on being able to figure that out, get things going. It's just really way... It's a tough way to see Drew Brees exit in his career. Three interceptions. It just wasn't pretty to watch, and you hate for that to be your final game. If that ends up being his final game, then what a career he had. Hall of Fame, for sure. First ballot, for sure. Number two, Tom Brady's greatness. He's going to play in a conference championship in three separate decades. That is insanity. I mean he's been in more conference championships than years I've been alive. It's ridiculous. I'm 19, I think he's been to what? He might be a year off or something. And at number three, the Bucks defense, their make or break. If they are playing on all cylinders and hitting hard as they used to getting turnovers, makes Tom Brady's life a lot easier. That's a Super Bowl winning team. That's a Super Bowl winning formula. When I return, we're going to talk about the conference championship games. Give a quick preview and we're going to do some channel preview like how we're going to do this moving forward. This is Grayson Mann, your MWP, and we will be right back. We are back. This is the Man With Plan podcast, episode 12. This is the conference championship portion of this. We're going to preview the conference championships, give my quick thoughts and impressions, it's going to be an exciting weekend. For this, you're going to get the best of both worlds. you got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, two legends, young legends, let's say that. They're trying to establish themselves, cement their legacy. And then the NFC, you got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two absolute goats, legends, everything you want in a quarterback. Let's start with that. Let's start with the two legends, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. This is going to be my favorite matchup of the weekend. You got the Buccaneers defense flying across the field against the Saints, creating turnovers, making so much mayhem for Drew Brees in his final game, or so we think. And I think the difference for Tampa Bay is, are they going to be able to handle the motion of Green Bay? Green Bay is so creative on offense. Matt Lafleur, it kind of makes Mike McCarthy look foolish. Aaron Rodgers, they kind of had up and downs before Mike McCarthy was let go. Matt Lafleur, two straight 13-3 and seasons, two straight NFC Championship appearances, and this is actually Aaron Rodgers' first home NFC Championship game. That's going to be huge. The city of Green Bay, it's, it's, it's going to be insane. I don't mean to see the city of Green Bay, but nonetheless, Green Bay is going to have so much riding on this. Aaron Rodgers is in control of his own destiny for his second Super Bowl title. And Green Bay, the story all year has been Jordan Love drafting his replacement, saying, Aaron Rodgers, we don't think you're the future for going forward. How does he respond? 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. An absolute monster season, MVP season and he's going to look to cap it off with an NFC Championship. I think for this, though, Tom Brady makes the difference. He's made the difference all year with Tampa Bay, showing you why he got divorced with New England. He has his weapons, he has his coaches, he's got everything he's wanted, and he's put it all together. It'd be an absolute disaster if he got everything he wanted and then went 7-9 and nine and missed the playoffs. I can't imagine being Belichick right now, watching Tampa Bay win playoff game after playoff game, and just seeing that success unravel. It's not probably pretty to watch. I think that the D, the running game for Tampa Bay is going to make a huge difference, because Green Bay did get gashed this last weekend. Cam Akers had some good runs, got the offense going, got Jared Goff comfortable. If playoff Lenny, as they like to call it, gets started, gets going, it's going to be a long night for Green Bay, because then Tom Brady's going to get comfortable. He's going to start to relax, get his team relaxed. The big thing about this is, while Tom Brady's experienced, he's this big guy, Tampa Bay hasn't been in this situation in 18 long years. It's going to be a real leadership standpoint, which quarterback can step up for their young team. Tampa Bay's a relatively young team besides Tom Brady, who's 43 years old. You might not even say 43 is old for Tom Brady. He might be playing in his 60s. He's that good. He's got zip on the ball still. It was really apparent which quarterback needed to retire and which quarterback was moving for. Drew Brees couldn't place ball in certain areas, and Tom Brady was zip, 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 zip. It was absolutely ridiculous. And for the Buccaneers, Cameron Brait was their leading receiver last weekend. If Mike Evans or Chris Goblin or even Antonio Brown, who might be hurt, steps up, it could be chaos for Green Bay. I'm going to take Tom Brady in this game. I don't want to bet against him at all, especially when he's on this sort of mini revenge tour. It's a season of revenge tours, isn't it? I got the Buccaneers winning 28-24. Now let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be or Hene versus Josh Allen. I think that with the Chiefs, They're going to be in this game no matter what. Andy Reid is such a fantastic play caller. He sees the field so well. He sees what defenses are bringing to him. And there's always, I feel like when I'm watching Kansas City, there's always somebody wide open by like 10 yards. Their receivers are so quick. They can create so much separation. It seems like Travis Kelsey is always open in the middle. I think for Andy Reid's offense, it's always about giving his players options. Like, if you see this, do this. If you see that, go this way. I think that's so creative, and Andy Reid deserves so much more credit than he's getting. He's been to three straight AFC championship games. He's the only coach to go to -to -to back-to-back-to-back championship games twice with two separate teams, that being the Eagles with Donovan McNabb. That is crazy. Now let's talk about Josh Allen. Of course, the Buffalo Bills beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-3, but there were some cracks in the armor. I think Buffalo, for them this game, they need to get the run game going. They need to get their run defense. They need to straighten that all up, and they'll be that complete team again. I think Buffalo... The more we watch them, the more we start to see cracks in the armor, the more flaws we start to see. It's like you think a perfect relationship starting out, and then six months into it, seven months into it, you start to see cracks, and you have to decide, is this relationship worth it, or am I going to stick through it with the flaws regardless? Can we put together the perfect relationship? I think Buffalo's capable of putting together that perfect relationship. They are such a great football team coached by Sean McDermott, who's able to put together so many different things. Buffalo's been on the rise for the last couple years. I think you got to credit that to their defense and Stephon Diggs, who might be one of the best receivers, if not the best. He's always a way, found a way to get Josh Allen comfortable, find the open hole, find the open hole in the zone. I think that's also a credit to Josh Allen's maturity, his progression as a quarterback, is having that security blanket. They have that pop play. Stephon Diggs is so electric on the receiving end. Buffalo can go all the way, but can they put it all together? I think if Mahomes is in this game, unfortunately for Buffalo and the Bills Mafia, there won't be any table breaks this time. The Chiefs are going to take y'all down 34-27. to But if Chad the ends up playing on Sunday, I think the Bills can squeeze out a win 31-30. to I had two different scores down just in case. We don't know if Mahomes is able to play yet, but I think it could be really close. This concussion protocol thing, we're going to see. Is he able to pass certain things? Is he going to feel okay? He took a nasty hit. I really hope he's okay. It's better for the league if we can get the four best quarterbacks playing this weekend. All right. Before we end this, I just want to say thank you guys so much for the support. It's going to be different for these next three months. My classes start Thursday. It's going to get really hard to get content out, but I'm going to be pushing for it. I'm going to keep working. Y'all's support means the world to me. The more we keep doing this, the more y'all keep putting it out there. We're going to do great things. I'm so excited to see where this goes. This is the Man with Planned podcast. My name's Grayson Mann. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I hope you'll have a fantastic day. And as always, take care.